Welcome to We Are Hospitality, a podcast from the Rhode Island Hospitality Association with your host, me, Bill Bartholomew. All right, so We Are Hospitality rolls on, and today we welcome Heather Singleton here to the program. Thanks for hopping on here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I think this is going to be a good discussion for us. So we're talking, we're basically talking workforce and, and workforce development today, and you know, the bottom line is that businesses have had a hard time recruiting employees even before the pandemic. So now what can we expect as we start to come out of it as far as, look, frankly, there's going to be a lot of people who say, you know what, frontline workers are not being prioritized for vaccines in Rhode Island. Restrictions are loosening. Maybe some would say even in, in, a, in a manner that is um, aggressive, not necessarily the safest route. So how are these changes going to impact what you can expect to see in terms of workforce development going forward? Yeah, you know, I know our particular organization has been uh, working very hard on trying to, you know, get our particular employees on the list to get vaccinated um, sooner rather than later for obvious reasons. Um, but I think, you know, there, there's a lot of folks out there that are anxious to get back to work. We're hearing from um, a lot of folks that are saying, yes, I'm ready. I, I want to come back. And then there's also some that are still very scared. And so I think one of the things that our employers need to be doing is just, um, you know, making sure that they've got the standard operating procedures in place so that they can ensure ensure safety for their employees. I mean, they're, they're already doing a lot of it um, to ensure safety for their guests and, and trying to build up consumer confidence, but they also need to be working on the same thing from an employee standpoint and a workforce standpoint, because um, yeah, we're, you know, I think everybody's anxious right now. Um, and so as hours start to increase, as the restrictions start to get lifted, Hopefully, we're going to see more and more people coming back into the industry and picking up more and more hours. So the big thing I think that employers can do right now is keep open lines of communication with their employees, explain to them what they've been doing all along. I mean, I you know, in, in our industry, guest safety and sanitation and cleaning and from a food service standpoint has always been something that, that we do. Um, but open communication and transparency with the employees, I think, is going to go a very long way. And talking to employees about how they're feeling about it um, to make sure that that the employee and the employer are both on the same page with, with what's going to be expected. Yeah, and perfectly said there. And it's almost like, can you get up on stage at the vets yourself and just say that to the, uh, <laughs> to the state so that the confusion is eased that – you know, this is a two-way street and, and and people get that there's nervousness. It's not an unnatural thing. And and businesses are by and large prepared to deal with that here in the state. It's not it's not a one-way direction here. Yeah, you're right. I think it just and you know, employees they they're in the thick of it as well. So I'm I'm sure they've got tons of ideas and suggestions, and I think that's really what a lot of employees want anyway, is they want to be heard, and they want to feel respected, and uh, they want to know that that they're giving back to their employer as well. So it, it definitely, as you said, it has to be a two-way street. 
For the business owners listening right now, what should they be doing to prepare for talent recruitment? That's a really great question. I think that, um, you know, when when this whole thing happened to us last March, it was just, okay, what like move into crisis mode. What are we going to do? How are we going to do it? I think what we've learned over the past year is that cross-training employees is critical. And it's a great opportunity, you know, if you can kind of like work through all the negative stuff that we've had to deal with and, and try to find like the silver lining in everything is that, a lot of businesses and employees have figured out that um, they can rebuild new skills, they can cross-train, they can, you know, the, the technology that's had to be, um, you know, just kind of amped up and uh, brought into our businesses is certainly a new skill set that a lot of people are learning about. So, I mean, I would suggest to the business owners, take a look at your current job descriptions, what needs to be dusted off what needs to be updated um, and make sure that they're pretty clear and concise again, so that employees know what's expected of them. Um, But start looking at, again, I go back to your standard operating procedures and a lot of business owners I think have been able to adjust pretty well. They've looked at different ways to streamline. They've looked at ways to become more productive, become more efficient. And so take a look at the positive changes that you've made within your business and then identify how can that align to your job descriptions and the tasks that your employees are having to perform. And I think, again, the communication side of it, communicate that to the employees, make sure that you're that you're ready to go. And um, I think that's going to attract some good talent. Why do you think it is that there's such high turnover in the hospitality industry? You know, I actually get that question a lot and I don't, um, you know, personally, I, I don't see high turnover as being a negative thing. I think our industry is one of opportunity and we always talk about how you can work in hospitality for a year or a career. And there's so many different ways that you can move throughout and build your own kind of unique pathway, you know, a lot of jobs or a lot of careers have one of those traditional, you know, career ladders where it's you start at the bottom and you go up to the top and there's only one way to do that. Not in hospitality. I mean, we're, we're considered a super sector. So uh, we represent food service, lodging and tourism. And within those, there's so many different opportunities. So you can, can switch uh, between each sector and still use the skill set that you have and build new skill set to kind of create your own pathway. Um, and I think because there's not a significant amount of barriers to be able to move up the ladder, you know, we don't have, um, we're not an industry that requires a, a professional degree or a higher level, you know, master's degree or a PhD to to become successful, to own your own business. There's very, very few barriers there. So it's easy to move up. And yet when you look at data, you know, and statistics, you might see, okay, well, there's a turnover there in employment, but it could really be just that someone is moving up in their career faster than they might in another industry. Um, So I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing. The other thing um, that I will say about this is, You know, I remember I had a friend that uh, a couple of years ago was going through a divorce and the person is a tenured teacher, Um, you know, 
doing great with their career there and found themselves in a position where they needed some extra cash to help cover the mortgage and and the bills that were kind of piling on. And I remember them saying to me, thank God there's the restaurant industry is there for me because I can pick up some hours as a bartender or a server on nights and on weekends and I'm able to to cover my bills and I'm able to kind of, you know, get myself to a position where I can move on from this. And I don't need to do it for a long time. You know, it, it's, it could be a short period of time. And so we have a lot of people. I mean, that's just one example, but there's a lot of people that are kind of in that scenario um, where they are working in our industry, but they're there for a particular part of time because they need it to support one of their other goals in their life. What about corporate culture? What can employers do to improve the corporate culture? Just focusing here in Rhode Island within the hospitality industry. Yeah, you know, with corporate culture, it's it's not a checklist. And culture building a, a positive corporate culture is something that you've got to focus on every day. You, you've got to nurture it. You've got to grow it. You've got to deliver on it each day. And it's difficult for someone to identify what those actual tools are because it's so intangible. Um, you know, it's not like you can hand over a, a checklist to someone and say, you know, if you do these five things and this is how much it's going to cost you, all of a sudden within 48 hours, you're going to have a great corporate culture. <laughs> it it just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, but as a matter of fact, where our team is developing um, some training sessions to help businesses improve their corporate culture, build on their corporate culture, and we're actually working on giving them real life um, examples and sort of tools and tips that are going to be able to help them do that. So I'm, I'm excited for that program and it looks like we're going to launch it probably later this spring. Yeah. Building positive corporate culture for optimum employee recruitment and retention. Pretty much the, the title is just read that 50 times. You, you, you get the message. That's it. Yeah. That's what we're working on. Last question. Do you feel we're in a, in a good place right now here? Obviously, it's all unknown. The pandemic has been totally unknown, but do you feel like we're in a good place? It seems like a lot of the organizations, including yours, that have advocated on behalf of hospitality as an industry have gotten some compromises from the health department, but do you feel like we're in a good place looking a month, two months, three months down the line where we can continue this gradual reopening and be in a point where we're not moving too fast, but we're also not leaving businesses in a, in a basically impossible situation. Yeah, you know, to that point, Bill, I think that what I love about our industry is that we are just so resilient. We are filled with a bunch of different entrepreneurs and people that, you know, really have a passion for the business that we're in and serving people. Um, I think that it's going to be a balance, though. And, you know, so we're, we've got like the public health side of things that, that we've got to pay attention to. And we can't certainly just, you know, go rogue and start opening up and have that become a negative effect on our communities and the residents in Rhode Island. So I think it's going to be a balance. I think that um, my heart is breaking for the uh, lodging community 
and meetings and conventions and live events and catering companies. It's certainly going to be a lot longer um, until we start seeing that piece of our economy pick up. And you know what I what I've also been thinking of is it's that tourism side of what we do with meetings and conventions. That average, you know, your average neighbor doesn't necessarily know, nor should they, the total economics that go into something like that. I mean, a lot of people are focused on their local neighborhood restaurants, you know, because we go out to eat and and the like. But there's this whole other larger piece of our economy where we are so dependent upon um, hosting larger meetings and events that are coming in. And the trickle-down effect of all of that, you know, I Commerce has, you know, they they do their economic impact studies um, every couple of years or so. And every single Rhode Island household without the tourism industry would have to pay, and it's just over $2,000 a year, that they would have to pay in additional taxes without our industry. And so when you kind of put it down into that sense and say, look, it's going to affect your, your personal wallet. Um, then I think people start to realize what a huge impact this is. We we will come back. We've come back before. Um, a lot of people, um, you know, were worried about the the airline industry after 9-11 and, and travel and all of that. And we recovered and we recovered very well. And it will happen again. We will be okay. Um, it's just going to be a little bit longer until we get there. Yeah, that trickle-down effect is huge. I mean, everything from parking spots to you name it, any shop, I mean, whatever it may be, if it's in downtown Providence, it's going to benefit from an event at PPAC or, or a, a convention at the convention center. Or it's, if it's in Newport. I mean, it's an endless conversation, the folk and jazz festivals and how much, how many tens of millions come in from that. It's, it's a lot more multifaceted than a couple of tables at, um, at one restaurant. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And so we're, we continue to advocate, um, you know, as I said, but because we're a super sector, so it's not just uh, the restaurant sector or, or those businesses that we're working on. So we continue to advocate. We will, we, we will, um, you know, push forward and we will eventually be okay. We just have to kind of hang in there a little bit longer.